This interesting and intriguing announcement came through today. Uh, so certainly great celebrations underway uh, within your office and your division. But uh, help us unpack uh, this new expansion and opportunity and partnership that APSA is embarking on in China. Yes, indeed. We're really excited today um, announcing um, our Beijing office and the opening of our Beijing office. Um, Today we've we've announced the uh, the opening with the Minister of Finance and with the Chinese ambassador, um, and really it's about an acknowledgement of the deep ties that exist between China, South Africa, and the wider African continent. And certainly, you know, we're looking to position ourselves in Beijing to really optimize the trade and investment that we're seeing coming from the Chinese corridor um, into Africa and assisting clients with their trade and investment flows or their banking um, funding requirements in Africa itself. Maybe you can tell us more about that. I do see in the announcement uh, the office will open up in May this year. However, it highlights that it's a non-banking subsidiary in Beijing. Help us unpack what kind of services you'll be assisting them with. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we've essentially gone live. Um, it's one of our launch events on the 8th of May. So we're excited that we have set up now and we have essentially turned the lights on, so to speak. Um, and as you rightly say, we're going to have a CEO in China as well as advisors. We're operating under a wholly foreign-owned entity. Mm-hmm. So we're not a regulated um, entity in China because the operating model is really around um, building contacts and relationships with Chinese institutions, Chinese banks, Chinese development financial institutions, state-owned entities that are looking to trade with and or invest um, across the African continent. And so we acknowledge that whilst it's important to build relationships with all of these entities on the continent in South Africa, um, it's vitally important that we build that connection um, in China as well. It's important that we acknowledge the China-Africa corridor as one of importance to our Chinese corporates. And I think that really you can only do that by having visibility uh, in China and, and in Beijing itself. Is the plan to eventually change and uh, offer banking services? You know, at the moment, our you know our operating model is not to be a bank in China. We don't believe we can differentiate ourselves there. But we're a pan-African bank operating across the continent, a systemic bank having been on the continent for more than 100 years. And so we really believe our value is about assisting clients due to our local uh, product expertise, our local knowledge, our tenure on the continent, helping our clients in Africa. And so really the conversation is around targeting clients that want to trade with and invest in or are invested in Africa already. Uh, and so, no, we don't we don't believe that we can differentiate ourselves necessarily by being a bank, trading as a bank in China. But we can certainly differentiate ourselves as a pan-African bank operating in Africa whilst building that key global connectivity and, and glo- uh, building that global corridor that exists between China into the continent. I'm assuming that this would not take place unless there was a visible pipeline of uh, potential partners that you were looking to meet up with. So are there countries or sectors that are looking ripe for opportunities to partner with and and I guess establish? uh, And how will that essentially translate into transactions or trade? Absolutely. So so from a China perspective, we obviously, as we know, we've seen significant interest in Africa. Um, I think it's widely spread in terms of a 
a country visibility perspective. We obviously focus on southern, eastern and, and to some extent western Africa and we certainly see the opportunity that exists in every one of our in every one of our countries across Africa. When we look at sectors, um, the sectors that spring to mind um, are natural resources and energy naturally. Um, China has led the led led in terms of Looking at assets for for critical uh, critical energy and and minerals, which will then play a very important role in the just transition in in energy, um, and the expectations under the the guise of of ESG. Um, we also see a lot of investment and opportunity in basic infrastructure, rail, uh, rail road, ports. Africa's crying out for infrastructural development with a hundred trillion um, gap in infrastructural funding. And we're also seeing a lot of um, increased activity in the manufacturing space. So in FMCG, fast moving consumer goods is an example. Um, so a lot of local uh, or Chinese setting up local manufacturing hubs in Africa. And that really also talks to the strategies um, under BRICS. And we, we know that China and South Africa yes. um, are partners within, within the BRICS. And um, we see that strategy playing out in terms of the vision around increasing intra-Africa trade, um, looking at local uh, manufacturing, developing African supply chains, um, and we see that opportunity largely coming from China and in that investment in, in those types of, of sectors, just to name a few. Obviously, TMT is also key as well. Yes. I mean, we've seen China lead, away, lead the way um, across the TMT sector in many aspects as well. 100%. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing how this does unfold and, of course, key partnerships that will be forged. And, of course, the overriding benefit for the continent uh, in terms of boosting trade relations and investment with uh, between China and Africa. Such a pleasure speaking to you, Cheryl. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.